Okay, with Melissa Skirbel, uh, seven years after is the TV pilot, winner of the TV pilot film, Bustable. Really interesting script. It's set in the near future, kind of a sci-fi film. Christian rights, uh, Christian extremists, religious extremists kind of take over the country. Uh, without getting too political, uh, how how what are the odds you think that this could happen to America in the next 10 years? I think this next election is going to tell us a lot as far as that goes. I, I think that there are some, um, a lot of people that underestimate how far the uh, Christian right want, will go to get a Christian nation. Um, and I think that uh, a, a lot of people underestimate what has th this alignment between the far-right Republicans and the far-right Christians and what it's doing to some of the, the politics in the country. So, so I went I went political immediately. What could I say? <laughs> no, no. I, I was watching, I don't know if you watched the show, I was watching, uh, it was Bill Maher, uh, like a few, I think it was his new, his new rules like a few weeks ago, and he described exactly this, what you just described. Like he, he said that there's a, there, um, he he was, it was kind of he was smart and clever about it, but basically with a little humor, of course. But he was talking about like like look at what they're saying that they 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 look at who the speaker of the house is and what his ideology is. Look who like obviously these other ones who believe in uh, Jewish space lasers and in certain governors in Florida who basically thinks that the you know slavery was good for black people. You know what I mean? Like it's like you kind of see little little tip like little uh, crumbles, I guess, right? Yeah, and and they've been really good at getting their people into the, high, the supreme Supreme Court and and state supreme courts and into different levels of government. And it's just, I think Bill Maher called it a silent, slow moving coup. But yeah. I think that it's very. I, I know a lot of um, people on the left in the U.S. are talking about this coming election in 2024 not being between democrats and republicans but between democracy and tyranny and it kind of feels that way like uh whatever you think about biden and left-wing politics he's still a republican uh, uh somebody who believes in the constitution yeah um, whereas what's going on with Trump and some of the far right is, yeah, dictatorship's not so bad. Let's be like Viktor Orban and and Hungary and Czechoslovakia and North Korea. And if those are the role models they're following, that's very scary. Yeah, and and basically, yeah, there's there's a lot to untangle. So I'm assuming this is this this is how you came up with the idea for the film for the script. Uh, you know, this has been percolating for a, a really long time. And the initial story actually came from a nightmare I woke up with about 20 years ago. There's part of that nightmare. I think it, it briefly touches on it in this first pilot episode. It gets into it, the episode in the second episode that I've written. And there's a scene, I think it's going to be in the fourth episode as I've kind of plotted out the Bible, um, where the nightmare really starts to happen. Um, which was not so much about the politics uh, of what's going on right now, but about women not having a voice and not having certain rights. Um, and when I first thought 
I w- about writing this, um, I, I thought it was going to be a feature, not a, a pilot, but mm-hmm. it, it to evolve and there was too much story for 90 minutes. Uh, but I thought it, I was going to be researching all of these um, torture and thought mind control and kind of like reprogramming like those kind of things and what they've done historically and what's coming up because it was about more about reprogramming which is still part of it a kind of um, maturity maturity candidate kind of thing or yeah yeah except um women liberation fe- female equality being the perversion gotcha trying to because that was my nightmare that i was being like tried uh, they were trying to make turn me into uh Stepford wife. Or something. I was going to say that was that's more Stepford wives than yeah. Um, and then as I start as it's I started writing, it's kind of developed this whole other story, and I started writing it before Trump was elected, before 2016, and I actually had to put it aside while he was in office, only because it was just with everything that was going on with COVID, the Supreme Court. It was just I couldn't focus. So after uh, 2020's election, I was able to pick it back up and I kind of went through the first two episodes really quickly and got the Bible done. Um, But it certainly changed because of what's been going on. And then as I started going down, uh, doing research on what's going on with these uh, dominionism and, uh, you know, what those sects want, like, what is that? What is the if they get everything they want. And when I started, it was, all right, if they outlaw abortion, if they outlaw gay marriage, what is the world that they want? Um, and I didn't know. And yeah. the more, so th- that started to be an invention. And then the more I researched to try and bring some veracity into the script, the scarier it gets. Yeah. But you like, I'm Canadian, so I have kind of a different perspective perhaps, but you like that, like, first of all, Biden and his leftist politics makes people in Canada laugh because he's he's so much a centralist. It's it, it's hilarious. But basically, but in the matter of perspective, I guess. Um, but yeah, well, I mean, okay, good. good. That if you really look at it, the far left now is where the center was twenty years ago, and where center Republicans, yeah. Um, like we've moved so far to to the right, yeah. That uh, we the so called centrist Republicans are where the right wing was twenty years ago. And there's that said, uh, just to be fair, like I, I I there's some pretty far left uh, politicians in Congress and in the Senate. One in, oh, <laughs> which I would I'm shocked about yeah. as well. So basically, just you have to be a little like it's like so it, it, it's gone to two extremes, I guess, right? So. Yeah, but I mean, most of like Obama, uh, Clinton, um, Biden are certainly not scary. Far no, right, they're so. central. They're central uh, uh, governors. They govern on a central basis, right? They believe in capitalistic and capitalism in its highest order, and they just want a little bit of regulation, like in that they don't want yeah. they don't want the white collar to deceive people, right? So, and it's in you know they have different policies yeah. for you know obviously. It's the, the the ideology is very similar in its regard, except that, like, I don't think someone like Trump, for example, even has an ideology. It's like oh, he just it. wants, he just <laughs> does what like, what the polling says, and you know, and 
he they feasted on this angle like with Roger Ailes from Fox News who helped them, which seems to be the lost story as far as I'm concerned. But basically, that they 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 they, they realized that there was this 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 minor my this this small kind of base of people 25 30% of americans who were pissed off and they basically wasn't the same anymore and they wanted their jobs back and blah 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 and they they took advantage of the, that population or, or maybe i shouldn't take it maybe that's a little extreme but they they kind of saw a, a, a minority that wasn't being talked about right so yeah they saw an opportunity and they capitalized yeah so and basically, and people are just going to vote Republican no matter what. People are going to vote Democrat no matter what. Doesn't matter who's who's on the ticket. And then it's just that it's that 30, 40 percent that will flip on either side. Right. So, yeah, I don't even know if it's 30 or 40 percent anymore. But yes, go ahead. You're going to change subject. I could see that. No, no, no. <laughs> sorry. I was just going to I was uh, <laughs> sorry. I was just going to say that, like, basically, like the in terms of your idea, you said it was going to be a feature and you had this kind of thematic with the female and then sort of like, was it just something that you organically was was writing and then something new came out of you while you're writing the script? Um, so for a very short period of time, um, and shout out to Montserrat Mendez, who uh, produced my first short film. Um, but he and I were talking about writing something together and we... I brought this in and we brainstormed with it and he actually helped me outline some of the secondary care, secondary main characters and, and some of those ideas um, to fill it out. And when we were talking, it was still a feature. And then he ended up pulling out for his own personal reasons. Um, and I just kept writing. And so there was a, uh, kind of wanting to explore this world from more than just one woman's point of view um so uh two gay men um a woman who is not as convinced that the uh new regime is so bad um kind of different perspectives and different points of view it's you have a different like for most writers screenwriters i talk to you're from a different because you also direct films as well right i'm a director your your director, are you a director? Like that's your that's your your director first and a writer second, or is that's not even fair? Uh it's hard to separate, but I I I feel like if I had to choose one, I'm a director. Um I started as an actor, uh, and then I started writing and directing almost at the same time. Um I think and I like directing my own things, or and I've co-written a number of things that I've ended up directing. Um, my dinner with Schwartzy was in uh, the. Uh, I was going to bring that up. It was in yeah. our, one of our festivals, right? So, um, but I, I think that there's. I, I'm. I consider myself an ambivert, and the introvert likes to write, and the extrovert really would prefer to direct because that is so much more collaborative, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of joy in that collaboration that sometimes when I'm sitting in front of the computer by myself disappears. Like I, I really need to have, uh, and I do, I'm involved with a group called the Brazen Giants Ensemble where I bring in things that I'm writing to have the actors read them so I can see how they're going and get some feedback. And I set up table reads with all the actors I know so that it, but when I'm just by myself in a vacuum, I can kind of get lost, especially when I'm doing something that is depressing like this I, I don't know depressing ang- anger inducing um you know this is not a romantic comedy walk in the park 
but you but you want to direct you want to direct the, the the pilot at least i guess of this film of like ideally you know i would love to sell this one i would love this to get a real budget and and treated gotcha. you know, like, like handmaid's tale or um was it years and years that uh emma thompson was in the british one years after year after year something like that um uh and I, I think because of the sci-fi aspects that it would be hard to pull off on a really small budget sure i mean sure if somebody wanted to give me a million dollars to make it you know if i could find the investors would i direct it absolutely but i'd be i would love to just get it made i think it's timely and it should be made and so yeah so basically that um there's something there's 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 obviously something something here in your in your pile obviously we're, that's why we're talking <laughs> but there's 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 like saleability in terms of uh in terms of like it's funny that you you started writing it 20 years ago but there's like it's almost like it could be too close to home almost you can argue that that let's yeah. you know let's see what happens next year <laughs> and then and then if, if you know and if, if like biden wins or the lot could happen in 11 months let's put it that way if something yeah. if something happens that the dem the trump goes away i guess right i guess that's the best way to put it and then it's now it's more of a sci-fi right mm -hmm. your script is more of a sci-fi then you know what i mean then it's like oh this is interesting because this could have happened right so this yeah. could be this could have been so you know what i'm trying to say it's like it seems like that kind of a, a closer to now um man in the tower where it could have happened yeah yeah oh the the, the like if, if, if the nazis took power right so yeah 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 so hopefully this be, i think that's part of why i had to stop writing and yeah. why some sometimes as i'm writing it feels like i'm creating the future as it happens like when i wrote that episode and included mifepristone in in the script which is the drug that is up in court right now? The the that everybody's trying to take. They're trying to take back off the uh, FDA approval away and trying to make it impossible to get through the mail. Um, I was looking up what drugs there were for uh, abortifacients and had never heard of it. And when I did a table read, nobody could pronounce it. Yeah. Um, and that was, I think. I, at least a year, at least six months, um, probably a year before the row was overturned. And then they started talking about it. I'm like, that, that's the, the one in my script that you couldn't pronounce. And they're like, oh my God, that's right. Yeah. And I'm like, did I predict that? Like, this is weird. Um, yeah. So and yeah. I don't like predicting that kind of future. Well, if you told someone like, if you told someone like 10 years ago that Roe versus Wade would be overturned, people would be like, that's ridiculous. That would that would never happen, right? Like that's like majority of the Americans believe in pro, their pro-choice. Like women, like you know what I mean. That that just would be crazy. Well, even before you know, six months before when uh, Coney Barrett was put yeah, in, Amy Coney, the Supreme, yeah, um, and whoever the one was, uh, the other ones that Trump appointed, Gorsuch, Gorsuch and Kavanaugh. Yeah, and they're going through their Senate hearings and saying, no, it's settled law. We would not overturn settled law. And they're all lying. And people are like, no, they would never do that. They're constitutionalists. They would, that would be against the Constitution. That They've already said they wouldn't. And I'm like, I don't believe them. And But they also said that when when basically if a, if a, if a Supreme Court justice died, 
when and why before an election that they would hold off until after the election, which uh, I think they didn't do. Right. So basically, and uh, it's only when Democrats are in power that we do that. No, no. But they, but you but so basically like Biden, uh, sorry, Obama could, could have throw, put through the through, through that Supreme Court justice on a break and decided not to because he didn't think it was fair. And then look what happened. Right. So sometimes you got to play dirty because they play dirty. Right. So. Yeah, I agree. A hundred percent. Yeah. And so she decided like to survive one more month, one more month, but then she didn't. Right. So, so sometimes you think it's bad luck or maybe, you know what I mean? Who knows what's going on. Right. So, but anyways, so basically the point is, is that, is that basically you like your script is so close to home because you can see it happening. Right. So it's not almost not, not sci-fi anymore. If that makes sense. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's set slightly in the future, so it's still, yeah, but it's, yeah, it's very close and that's the problem with it. It's too, it's like, it's, um, you know, in the way, like, I think initially when I talked about it, people did talk like, oh, that's like Handmaid's Tale. And I'm like, yeah, but I want something that had a reason. Um, there was a fertility issue and yeah. there were no children being born and as warped as that was like when you get into the history and the story of how this country nation came to be and the handmaid's tale at least there was a logic no matter how warped this yeah. is just we want to go back to how we fictionally believe things used to be when it was yeah. better it's a white male lash. It's basically saying that we liked it when it was when we were in power. We don't like too much uh, religious interference. We don't like too many women involved. We don't like anybody who's black, Asian, Latino. We don't like those people. And uh, and it's it's so obvious that that's what they're doing, right? So, <laughs> and so basically that's and so people are like that. We want our jobs back, right? Like I'm 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 I've talked about this before, but I'm like. I'm from a certain uh, age in a certain environment where I grew up, where like I basically was told that you have you you have a guaranteed job, you're okay, right? Mm -hmm. And then that was taken away. Thank God for me, because uh, mm -hmm. I, I but basically, but a lot of people were like, well, where's my job? Where's my guaranteed job that I'm supposed to have? So mm -hmm. then that's that's when the the the, the that's where it comes back. They're, they're pissed off, right? We were we yeah. want to be in control now. Yeah. And, and it's, they're not, I don't think they're taking into account, and this is kind of the science back, backlash against science, backlash against education, yeah. um, the jobs that are the women and the Asians and the blacks and the immigrants are taking are either ones that they don't want because they think they're too good for, or ones that they're not qualified for because they didn't graduate college yeah. or didn't get an MBA. Well, you're talking too much logic though, right? That's logic. Um, Right. So like you want to compete in those markets, get the, the get the qualifications, get the education, understand the reality of the world. Yeah. Well, the world in the world change. We're basically like it's either you're rich or you're poor. Right. So basically in United States and Canada. So that wasn't the case before. Right. So if you're not rich, then you're you're going to blame somebody else for not being rich, I guess. Right. So. Yeah. And unfortunately, uh, you know, you get into people that that group that you talked about the republicans taking advantage of or latching on to um and using the opportunity they're 
instead of looking to see where the middle class went to and why it disappeared, tax cuts, um, breaks for the very rich, the very wealthy, uh, getting rid of anything that supports the middle class and the lower classes, um, they're they're taking it out on the, the people that are poorer than them instead of the people that are taking their money. I mean, the 2% has grown insanely. Right. Well, to be fair too, the world the world went from a from a industrial kind of manufacturing world to an inform the information age that we live now. So companies like Apple or Google or whatever, they don't employ as many people as like say GM or Ford did, right? So GM or Ford, you can walk into the back in the sixties and seventies, you just walk there and you would get a, a good middle class job. Right. They don't they don't have those jobs anymore because it's the the the, the world has changed, right? So. Yeah, but there's also the uh, the people in charge of those corporations that are t taking those jobs and bringing sure. them out to India and Latin America and China because there are no unions and there are no minimum wages and there are no maximum work hours and overtime. Sure. And that is some, they're not lashing out at that. They're lashing out at oh our money's going to pay for your welfare check yeah well to be fair trump is basically because most it's it's uh he's he, that's why he has no ideology but his he has a talking point of like he doesn't america first right so he doesn't like free trade basically free trade works because it it did nobody's going to go to war against china because we're we're making too much money from each other but as soon as right. say trump's in the power and he stops that free trade with china then basically then then all all you know all guns are blazing right so so yeah. so he but i'm saying just to be fair give him a like a, he he doesn't he doesn't care about that either like he wants right. he wants the he wants america first and america jobs right so i yeah the way, <laughs> i love how you started off the conversation saying not to get political and that's all we talked no, about no we just got it you but, just yeah yeah <laughs> saying america first when he was in office how yeah. many uh patents and did he get in china and how much business was yeah. personally getting in china as he was closing down china trade to the rest of the country yeah no a fair point i just basically I, you know what i mean i'm just like I, i'm saying that's his that's his political talking point now to trying to get yeah. elected right so <laughs> yeah so anyway so basically let's i want to talk with you about uh dinner with schwartzy because we did show it and we never got a chance to talk about it uh uh because it was during covid and, and all that fun stuff but the film was like your films do very well seem to do very well the festival circuit um, yeah we've been uh, I, I don't want to say lucky because we put a lot of work into yeah. it but it's uh it, there is a matter of luck when you're sending things out to festivals whether or not the person who's screening it will it'll vibe with them or not um so yeah it it's been exciting and fun and i just want to point out that i love 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 the the movie poster for dinner dinner with swarcy i love i think it's fantastic where did who did that who did the movie poster uh Jen Plotsky was our designer i worked with her and ended up those warhol kind of pictures yeah. i I, I did the um, design on those and sent them to her to lay out and everything. She came up with the font and the overall picture. Um, but I, I did end up doing those portraits because it was very specific in how I. Because <laughs> you've done I, like just for my uh, you've done like four or five or five or six uh, shorts. 
and they all seem mm-hmm. to be doing well. And uh, mm-hmm. like from the last five years, you're from, I, I obviously watch a lot of films and I talk to a lot of people like yourself. You, you're ready to do a feature film. Is that something that you want to do? Do you direct? Yes, I am ready to do a feature film. Yeah, I have a feature script um, that I would, I feel is a budget and a type that would be a great first feature for me that I, that I wrote. I'd love to get that off the ground in 2024 um, or be hired to do somebody else's feature. That would work too. Uh, so th- this seven years after, if I had not ended up evolving into a series uh, would have been my second feature script that I finished writing. Um <laughs> You can, but at the same time, you can turn it into a feature, I guess, if you if you wanted to. I'm. Oh. <laughs> I keep looking at. It. Well, so the second, uh, so this one is fifty five pages. The second episode is about fifty pages, and again, it's left where you want to know more. Like where it ends is the beginning of another chapter. Yeah. So, I, I can see this being ultimately an eight to 10 hour limited series yeah when i get all of the things that i had wanted to write about written um and as i've done table reads of it uh a number of people have wanted asked me if i'm planning to write about other characters that were not there to me were just part yeah, of the, throwaway characters yeah not throw away but no it's a as soon as i came out of my mouth i knew that was the wrong way to say it. yeah but you know what i and i was like well i hadn't planned to but if this gets sold to like netflix or hulu and we get into a writer's room and like i could see those episodes happening where we get into the president's or not the president what i forget what i called him um something with religious overtones i think but how that person came into power and who grace is um because i think that ends up being important yeah no it's there's something obviously something there like there's something amazing and so you're just kind of like getting your festival wins on your on your with this we're talking now but also with your short films and you're just kind of looking for i guess i'm assuming you want to do the kind of direct independent feature kind of get some get some funding that would be my next step. Yes, I mean, I just finished an, an I just finished directing another short in November that I'm in the middle of editing right now. I finished filmed a short in May that just got accepted into its first festival, which will be premiering in February. Um, and I do have plans to direct a one day shoot um, another short in March. Uh, but all of these are just holding pattern at this point. Not not holding pattern. There's there's a great joy and and artistic satisfaction in finishing something and getting it out there into the world. But yes, uh, like these are at this point like in service of now is time for me to be doing. Features. You're learning your craft too, right? So every every film you make, you learn your crafts. Absolutely, and new challenges, everyone. So hundred percent. <laughs> like I said, like I said, you're, 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 I've seen a couple of your films and it's like, you're gotta, you got a master of tone, like in terms of like little dra- drama, comedy, you're kind of, you understand kind of like what okay. you're doing. And it's very, you don't see that. You don't see it. All, like 
you don't see it often. I guess the best way to put it, it's like there's maybe maybe a thousand people who can do it. And from what I from my experience that you that I've seen you do it, so uh, I hope that you get the opportunity to direct a feature because I think that you're you're able to do it. You can keep that I, tone I, moving for ninety minutes at least, I guess. Yeah, I, I think I think so too. I just truthfully, when it comes to, I, I'm a reluctant producer. Um, I've I've been co-producer or yeah. co-executive producer on most of the shorts that I've done, not all of them, but most. Um, and I know what I'm doing for a short, and I've produced theater at, sure. at, at theater festivals. Um, the idea of taking on producing for a feature and dealing with raising, getting investors for a million dollars or five, yeah. like it's, it's just I'd like somebody who knows what they're doing yeah. <laughs> instead of me flying by the seat of my pants, which is my usual mo. No, but at the same time, you're you'll be a better director because of it right so you'll make yeah. a better film because you're, you're you're focused on on the craft at hand and you have somebody else yeah that, i guess the, what you're saying is that you're looking for a partner you're looking for someone to collaborate with um, yes so, absolutely that's the next step right so well i hope I mean, you I've find been... it I thank really you do. and i like i said like i because i think that you're very talented and it was really great talking to you because i remember i we, we show a lot of films but i remember uh, i remember your your shorts like playing during COVID, and I remember like, oh, this is a this is a fantastic film. I really like it a lot. So, and I I never thought I would talk to you, right? So, but now, so it's so great to, to hear to finally talk to you like three and a half years later. So, well, thank you. And I will say, um, as far as collaborators go, when when it comes to short films and and theater, Penny Jackson, who uh, I did Schwartzy and Overdue and Greetings from Sarajevo with, uh, has been a great collaborator. Um, it's it's been a real blessing finding her to work with because we I, I've seen other collaborations implode and this one has stood the test of time so that's great. Well, let's let's talk again when uh, when we either we show another short of yours, another winning screenplay, or when your feature gets made. When your feature gets made, I one hundred percent one I want to see your film, but I one hundred percent love to talk to you again. So, All right. looking forward to it. Thank you, Matthew. It's been thank such you a so pleasure. much. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, Shlemiel, Shlemazel, 